0: Kapanen has been a good player for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And now it's in his hands. Stopped by Lindgren again! And the Canadians say goodbye to this season with a win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that is all she knows. All right, Rory, we are here to talk about the NHL's second season, but before we do that, we have to talk about the way things wrapped up, sort of, for both our teams. Okay, the Florida Panthers have hired Joel Quenville. What's the bigger deal, that or the Montreal Canadiens finding their next superstar in their last game when Ryan (laughs) Paling scored three, plus the overtime winner? It's
1: definitely Quenville in my (laughs) eyes. I mean, I love, it's not just getting the, the best coach who is available to come in there, it's throwing the money needed to acquire him. And Meaning business. Yes, that we are serious, actually serious, about trying to push this thing forward and becoming contenders. And with all the rumors about Sergei Bobrovsky, Artemi Panarin, and the connections that he has with Wenville yep. now, all these possibilities look more real by the are day.
0: Are you a little concerned they're going to go give Bobrovsky 10 for seven yeah. years and that is not going to be a... Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't give him $10 million. Oh no, I mean, God. he's in his
1: 30s. I, I definitely wouldn't do that. And I think there's other avenues, like I would suspect the Los Angeles Kings might might explore possibilities for Jonathan Quick on the trade market this summer, and that would be another guy that I would look at going and getting. And, and the other thing about this is Florida has three excellent forward prospects uh, in Heppo, Niemi, Denisenko, and Owen Tippett that are coming up, and none of these guys have moved yet. So you have really valuable trade pieces too to get something done if you need to do that. So you don't have to go and throw $10 million at Bobrovsky I would feel much better about eight or nine. That's a little bit high, but it's the piece that they need to really change the outlook for them next year. Well, the
0: Canadians have found the piece they need in Ryan Paling. My God, what a night. Of course, I'm fully acknowledging he could start next year in the AHL, but what a night for that young man to have Bob Cole. He made it to the NHL just in time. Bob's last night. It really (laughs) was magic for him. You could see he was emotional on the ice, and for all of us listening, I mean, how much are you going to miss Bob's voice? Uh, so much. I mean, he's
1: it's what you grow up with. Right. And I, I can't imagine walking into next hockey season and not having Bob Cole as the soundtrack for it. And, you know, I think back and I know some calls that he made before I was born um, that they're they're going home chant uh, a call from the Flyers Russia series. Um, but the one that sticks with me as the, the first one that I remember that I think really solidified me as a hockey fan, and I know I had been watching hockey before this. I know like my dad would have had Boston Ruins Hartford Whalers games on before this time, but it was the Minnesota, or Minnesota, Minnesota North Stars Pittsburgh Penguins Stanley Cup Final with the uh, Mario Lemieux goal on John Casey, that superb deke where he splits the defenseman, that call by Bob Cole. That's the first one that sticks with me as... I was sitting there watching it hearing it. I know what chair I was sitting in in the family room. I can remember that moment so clearly and so even though I know that I was watching hockey before then, that's the that's the first one I can de- first moment I can identify with as saying that's really when I became a hockey fan,
0: I guess. Well, get excited because we are at the time of year when those magic moments happen. It is playoff season. The first round of the NHL playoffs kicking off On Wednesday, we are, of course, here to fill out our brackets to tell you who we think is going to make the East Final, the West Final, and onto the Cup Final and your Cup winner. So the way we will do this segment, we will go through the first round series and talk a little about each one, give our predictions. And then in the second block, we will then fill out things the rest of the way and carry right through to the Cup winner. And finally, at the end, we're going to talk just a little awards as people are filing their ballots here before uh, they've got to be in before the puck drops on the postseason. So where should we kick this off? Where should we stay at home here in the East or do you want to start in the Why don't we start in, in the East because okay. I have a sneaking suspicion you have some interesting things to say <laughs> about the West. Okay. So I guess we might as well just go with the Atlantic since the best team is there and we're both going to pick Tampa Bay to beat Columbus probably in about five games. Is yeah. there anything truly notable about this series you'd like to say? I just, there
1: is a world where Columbus wins this series, and I think the the parallel that you can draw is to the best team of the salary cap era that did not win a Stanley Cup, the 2009-10 Washington Capitals. They were off the charts great, especially on offense, and then Yaroslav Halleck and the Montreal Canadiens just shut the door, especially it was the goalie who stole that series for them. And that could potentially happen in this series. Sergei Bobrovsky has won two Vezinas in his career. He's got a very strong regular season track record. Now in the playoffs, it's the exact opposite. He's been terrible there throughout his career. But just given what caliber of a goalie he is... I think he's just bad in the playoffs until he's not. I think it's just a matter of time before he has one good run, and it's going to be hard for him to make this year that one, having to get through Tampa Bay first, but we have seen this script written before that the way through a team like this is some stellar goaltending, and Columbus at least has that potential on their side.
0: So everyone's picking Boston over Toronto. I am too, and everyone's adding the caveat, yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Leafs won, right? Like just as a nod to... Well, the sheer talent they have, the fact yeah. that when their goalie's good, he's fantastic. Yeah. Yet, I I have to believe ninety nine out of a hundred non partisans are picking Boston here. Yeah, I'm going with the Leafs.
1: Oh, uh, never mind. It, it, it's Boom. It, it, it's really a coin flip, and it all relies on Freddie Anderson. Like the Leafs will not win this series if he posts a sub nine hundred save percentage like he has in his last twelve games here. Cannot happen. I don't think it will. Um, and then outside of that, I mean, you look. You still have Austin Matthews and Nazem Kadri down the middle from last year, but you're upgrading from Thomas Blacanek to John Tavares.
0: Well, you're upgrading to Kadri being in the series more, too, because he was out for three games. That's
1: true. And John Tavares, the last time we saw him in the playoffs, the Islanders and the Florida Panthers, the Islanders scored 15 goals that series. He got a point on nine of those goals. He scored the overtime winner that won the series in six games. He single-handedly took that over. I think that he could do the same thing here against Boston. It's going to be tough if he's mashed up against that top line, but I think he's the best guy to go up against the Marchand, Pasternak, Bergeron line, and you need Austin Matthews to break through. And again, like he's due to have just an extraordinary playoff. He's yeah. an extraordinary player. He scored one goal against the Boston Ruins last year. That, that has to come up at some point, and I'm just betting on this being the year it does. I thought they had good shot metrics down the stretch, Part of the reason that they were losing all these games was they were missing half of their top four blue liners. That's going to hurt anybody. No Just look at Winnipeg, who we'll talk about later. Um, everybody's back. Everybody's healthy. They're upgraded in key parts of their lineup, and I think if if they're ever going to do it, that they look better than I think most people think they do heading into this series. So it, it's tough for me to do. I did have Boston at first, and it is a coin flip, but I'm going to go with the Leafs.
0: All right. I will stick with the Bruins. Uh, I'm also picking... Washington over Carolina. This is the one I was most tempted to pick,
1: hmm, the underdog
0: in, just cuz they've been so good yep. since Christmas. I mean, I think yep. the only teams that have more points than Carolina since Jan 1 are St. Louis, which got itself out of last place, yep. and Tampa Bay. I mean, this is in some ways they've been building towards this for 3 years with yep. their good underlying numbers. It's just hard to have that much faith in Peter Morazic right now. I mean, they yeah. the, him and Macalani took turns being good in the in throughout the season. Mm-hmm. McElhaney in the first half, not so much in the second. Morazic picked it up in the second. But, you know, I really do think there's something to Washington having the weight of the world off its shoulders and obviously tons of savvy and just a great team. So, I'm picking the Caps there. You're right
1: about Carolina coming on in that second half and being one of the top NHL teams, but Washington is right there. Yeah, with them they finish too, right? amazing. Yeah, amazing. Um, Ovechkin is still on top of his game. I mean, they have all the depth pieces that you could want. Braden Holby, unlike last year, is coming in playing really well. Yep, He's going to be their game one starter, of course, no question. To me, this was the one sweep that I picked for the Washington Ooh. Capitals. I just think that they are going to give a bit of a reality check here really? with the Carolina Hurricanes. You know what they say sometimes, Jam you w- surge down some- their throat. sometimes you gotta lose before you win and maybe that means you lose a round or you lose in the second round and not necessarily get swept but I think that Carolina is going to find out that they're just outclassed here throughout the lineup.
0: Not buying into the Carolina Boomer bust theory. They don't make the playoffs much friends, but when they do, <laughs> they go a long way. Made the Cup final in 02, won the Cup in 06, made the East final in 2009. 10 years ago the last time the Canes were in the playoffs. I, you know, as much as the Islanders are a surprise team, they play a playoff brand of hockey. I mean, I have to believe most people like Pittsburgh over the Islanders, but I actually think this is quite a coin flip. I just can't bet against Crosby and Malkin. Yeah. But I, I do not look at this and go, "Oh well, the Islanders are about to find out uh, that you know they shouldn't have. They should never been hanging with these teams in the first place." I think this is going to be tight, tight, tight hockey but I'm going with Sid in the pens.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Pittsburgh as well. It's hard to do. Obviously, the Islanders are one of the best stories in the NHL this season. Their defense was phenomenal. Barry Trott should be in the running for, if not win, the Jack Adams. But that defense was trending the wrong direction down the stretch of the season, and their goal scoring is really tough, really hard to come by for them. Uh, again, you throw the centers that Pittsburgh can at you, and New York is going to find themselves in a really tough spot. And it's hard to pick a team, even though the goalies had really strong years, it's hard to pick a team with Robin Lehner and Thomas Grice against a Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Phil Kessel.
0: Uh, Matt Murray has been great in, the, in been the month leading up phenomenal. to the playoffs. Yeah, I
1: mean, since since he came back from his injury in mid-December, he's been one of the best goalies. Yeah. If you just started the season in mid-December, he would be a Vezina finalist. And maybe he should be in the conversation a little bit more for that Trophy. Um, I have Pittsburgh winning in five games. I just I just think that it comes to an end. And just like Carolina, like they had great seasons, but it just seems like sometimes the matchup is more important than what you're doing coming in or what you did in the season. And these two teams having to run into, combined, the last three Stanley Cup champions is just sure. unfortunate.
0: Roy Boylan not buying into the Nassau Coliseum magic. <laughs> All right, let's flip it over to the West. We'll start... With a Canadian team in the Flames, heavily favored to beat the Avs. I'm certainly picking Calgary. Goaltending questions aside, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I got Calgary too. I got Calgary in five games. Um, I mean, I like the way Philip Grubauer has come in, but last year we saw the same thing. Yeah, He started game one for Holtby, and he was pulled. He didn't start game three again. I mean, they didn't turn back to him. You worry about that happening. You worry about their scoring depth in Colorado, although it looks like Miko Rantanen will be back, if not for game one, then at some point in this series. Calgary just has, they have depth. They can play that physical style of game. They have one of the best defense scorers in the league. Mark Giordano is going to be in the running for that Norris. They just have more pieces. Colorado is better situated for the years to come, I think, than most teams in the NHL. But right now, I think Calgary has just about everything that you could ask for.
0: Well... It's uh, shaping up to be a beauty, the other Pacific matchup. It's a rematch of last year's second-round series, San Jose and Vegas. Here's my logic in picking San Jose. Something we haven't anticipated is going to happen. Probably more things <laughs> yep. than just one. Oh yeah. I'm going with the Sharks goaltending resolving itself, and that Martin Jones can at least get it together to be a, a 9-15 guy instead of the, like, 899 guy or worse, he's been down the stretch. Uh, Carlson's obviously coming back. Um, I mean, I really like the way Vegas looked. Post trade deadline. It's, you know, obviously Marc-Andre Fleury was out for a bit mm-hmm. and they struggled when he was. But I'm going with San Jose here in what should be, I think, one of the closest, most fun series of the first round.
1: It should be a really great series. I have it going six games, could easily see it going seven games. I'm going with Vegas because I can't buy into a team that ha- had the league's worst goaltenders. And that's what San Jose had the worst safe percentage as a team in the league, even worse than the Florida Panthers. Um, that's going to be hard to overcome in the playoffs. Now, like you said, you get Carlson back, they're going to lean on him, give him a ton of minutes. Brent Burns scored more points as a defenseman than uh, in recent memory, than in recent memory. They have three lines of forwards that are just playing terrifically Joe Thornton has been coming on really strong here down the stretch, too. It looks like you're going to get Timo Meyer back. He missed the last couple of games there. He just scored 30 goals. Like they have a ton of offensive weapons to throw at the Vegas Golden Knights. What Vegas has, though, is the top line from last year is scoring again. All of those guys are scoring. Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, Paul Stasny as your second line. They haven't been scoring as much, but they control possession. Uh, to a significant degree, and they can obviously score. I love Cody Aiken on that third line, too, as a little bit more of a shutdown guy. They can play with pace. They can play with physicality. And Marc-Andre Fleury is a really stable option for them in net. If he does anything like he did through the first three rounds of last year's playoffs, then they're going to be tough to beat. I can't bet on a team that has the bad goaltending San Jose does, so I got Vegas in six games.
0: If you'd asked me 20 games ago, I would have said the three Canadian teams that are for sure going to make the playoffs legitimately have a chance to go to the final. And maybe I still believe that, but I've only picked Calgary so far to win its first-round series. I have the Leafs going out. I think I got Winnipeg going out as well. St. Louis has just come on so strong. Something just doesn't quite feel right. I know the Jets were without Morrissey, but I think they're a little vulnerable here, and I kind of have that feeling the Blues are going to pull through.
1: I originally, when I first sat down to do this, picked St. Louis for all the reasons that you just mentioned. And then the more I thought about it, my, even though my head's telling me to go with St. Louis, I thought, you know what? Shifley and Wheeler are just not going to let this happen. And it, and it looks like you're going to get Morrissey back too. That's going to be a huge factor. I mean, maybe he needs some time to get his legs back yeah. in him, but you've already got Bufflin back too. The, the fact that those two guys were out for so long was a the primary reason why the Jets tumbled down the, the way they did and slowed down the way they did. Everybody's back, and they got the big guys. They got that experience. I question Jordan Bennington continuing this into the playoffs. I mean, he was he was still solid down the, the stretch there, but he had cooled significantly from his January and February. Sure. So whether or not that c- continues to come down, I just think Winnipeg has the experience, the horses that are just going to pull everybody up by the bootstraps and say,
0: we've got to push ourselves through here. And I see them getting by the Blues in six games. And maybe the best home ice advantage in the entire NHL playoffs. All right, Nashville surged up and and snatched that central division, so they are a lock to beat Dallas in the first round, right? <laughs> no, not no. at all.
1: Not at all. They, they are okay. the division champions because... Nobody wanted that title It didn't seem like <laughs> down the end except for the St. Louis Blues, and they just had too far to come back from. Uh, I, I just nothing about St. Louis inspires me to pick them, right? Uh, at least about Dallas... or Sorry, about Nashville, about Nashville sure. inspires me to pick them. At least Dallas has a, a good structure of defense that has really pushed them through the year. Ben Bishop has been phenomenal and will be a Vesna Trophy finalist, but I think the key factor... Here is that it looks like they might be getting some offense now too. Tyler Sagan and Alexander Radulov on that top line have been scoring for months now. Jamie Benn has been coming around and had a pretty good finish, but having Matt Zuccarello back from yep. his broken arm what is a gutsy. Huge. Norwegian that guy is. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean how he comes back from that so quickly is is just uh, incredible. Um, if you look at his season long numbers, it's the lowest point total he's had, but. He was talking to Larry Brooks about this in December, early January, and he was attributing that to the fact that there were all these trade rumors around him, and it was hard for him to deal sure. with that. You can see in uh, in uh, mid-January, he started to put up points. In his last 18 games, Matt Zuccarello had 25 points. He led the league in that time in primary assists per 60 minutes. You put him on the opposite wing of Jamie Ben, a sniper, and your center is Rupe Hints, who finished really strong two down the stretch. Now you're looking at, well, where did this second line come from? This is not something that the Dallas Stars have had ever at any point this season. And if that is now something that they can have in their corner as a strength, it changes the whole outlook for this team. They were the second best team in the Western Conference from the trade deadline through to the end of the season. Something seems to be coming together for them. And because of the the defensive structure they have behind all this, I just like them coming out of this from Nashville in six games. All right.
0: I kind of wanted to pick Dallas, too, but I didn't have as much courage as you, so good on you. All right. That is the first round of the NHL playoffs as we see it. On the other side of the break, we're going to shake this out a little further. We're going to carry you all the way to the cup final and give our picks. Stick around for that on Tape to Tape. The Tape to Tape podcast is brought to you by the next generation GMC Sierra Denali, complete with the world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. Net sliding around on the way to pond hockey? Use the built-in load stop to help keep them in place. Loading what seems like half a team's worth of bags? The tailgate also turns into a step for easier access and has an inner gate that flips down for unloading all the gear you can fit. GMC Sierra Denali... We are professional grade. Welcome back to Tape to Table K okay, Rory. Let's provide a quick refresher of our first round picks. I had Washington beating Carolina, Pittsburgh beating the Islanders, Boston beating Toronto. Tampa beating Columbus. On the other side in the West, I had Nashville over Dallas, St. Louis over Winnipeg, the Calgary Flames downing the Colorado Avalanche, the San Jose Sharks beating Vegas. Rhyme off your picks again for the listeners. I had Tampa over Columbus, Toronto over Boston, Washington over
1: Carolina, Pittsburgh over the Islanders, and Calgary over Colorado Vegas over San Jose, Dallas over Nashville, and Winnipeg over St.
0: Louis. All right, why don't you give me your West final? So I'm going with Vegas and the Dallas Stars. Boom. Dallas Um, coming through that central.
1: I mean, Vegas partly because I'm sticking with the preseason pick, but also I like the way that they are coming in here again with those top two lines. um, That series against Calgary could be a phenomenal one, but I have to go with Vegas. And Dallas... Whatever I just said about Winnipeg, like that, that was the hardest one for me, was picking who comes out of that central bracket. Because I did originally have St. Louis, and then I changed it to Winnipeg. I just don't feel it for yeah. either of those teams. Well, it's not like I feel it necessarily for Dallas. I just feel like... They, they have more coming together for them where Winnipeg's been having like team meetings and it feels like it's falling apart. And in St. Louis, like, did they peak too early? Is their rookie goalie going to be able to pull them through a couple of rounds? And Dallas just seems to have a little bit more going for them.
0: Right now. While you're at it, let us know as well. What do you think is going to be in Calgary's obituary? Why yeah. are they going out?
1: There's not one reason I think that they are fatally flawed, I don't think. I mean, their goaltending obviously is a concern, but at least you have two guys. If one falters, you feel good about putting the veteran in or whatever. I just think that when it comes down to it, they didn't add the secondary winger for that second line to score that Vegas has I assume they wanted James Neal to be that guy when they signed him. It didn't play out that way. It kind of depends which way that series is going to go. If it's more physical, I could see Calgary winning it. But I think it could be a little bit more offensive because of the way Vegas played last year. A great transition team. And I think that they could beat Calgary that way. So it it really is a coin flip for me. That was a hard one. And and there wasn't one reason why I wanted to pick against Calgary. I just just have a better feeling and I like the way Vegas is coming in.
0: So Vegas-Dallas for you in the West Final. I am riding San Jose is goaltending. I got Sharks, and I'm going to pick the Blues to come out of the Central, get hot again. In the East, I have Tampa and Washington. I wish I was more original. What have you got in the East final?
1: Yeah, I got Tampa and Pittsburgh. That Washington-Pittsburgh series was a tough one for me to pick. Yeah, But again, it just feels like Pittsburgh's kind of got a little bit maybe more going for it. I love the way Matt Murray is going, and it just feels like you know, Alex Ovechkin got his last year. Sidney Crosby is going to come back. and.
0: He's probably and not it. crazy to let no. Alex have no. his again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He'd like it back. Yes, yes. <laughs> I got Tampa in the final, and I know you do
1: too, right? Yes. It, it's How do you pick against the Tampa Bay Lightning and not be a contrarian, right? Like, there's it, no weakness for this team.
0: It's true. I'm riding – if I think Martin Jones is going to be good in the first round, I'm riding him all the way through. So I do have – San Jose, Tampa in the final. I just think San Jose, when it's been at full strength this year, has been just, any way you want to look at it, has been such a fantastic team. Just kind of have uh, that uh, unique element too with Burns and Carlson on the back end that uh, no one else can really match. Um, You know, They can still play a strong brand of D if they get some saves. I like those two in the final. Um, I have Tampa Bay winning the Stanley Cup. Yep, I have Tampa Bay winning the Stanley Cup over Vegas, who I think
1: would be able to get through Dallas quicker than some of the other ones. Can't go with Dallas into that final. Uh, I had Vegas in the final in the preseason. Wanted to go with Pittsburgh to stick with my preseason pick. Just couldn't do it because is too much going for it. it. And they got to win the Cubs. How
0: do you want to play it? You know, a one nothing game? Well, Andre Vasilevsky might be the best goalie in the world. They've got the best two-way defenseman who's going to be playing almost 30 minutes a night yep. when they need him to be touch wood. I mean, obviously, he missed the last week, Victor Hedman. And then you just go up and down that lineup and the ability to just... Score goals, line one, two, three, and even four. Yeah. Uh, the power play is just—I just don't see a path to beating this team four out of seven. I know it can happen. We know it's the NHL. We know there's all kinds of precedent. But sitting here today on the eve of the playoffs, like you said, unless you want to, you know, play the role of contrarian, it's—it's it's really tough to pick against the Bolts.
1: Yeah, I was looking at. All the Stanley Cup champions since the 95-96 Detroit Red Wings season because they won the President's Trophy that year. Colorado won the Cup. Colorado won the Cup that year. So that was the year that I looked at and started from there and looked at all the Stanley Cup champions. No team in that time finished with the best league goal differential, best power play, and best penalty kill, and Tampa Bay's done that this year. The best goal differential since the O five O six Ottawa Senators. And I think a little bit of a different factor this year is we always talk about Tampa Bay as a highly skilled team, which they are, and that the knock against them was, can they play heavy hockey? And there were three games in March against Washington. They won two of them where, I mean, there were, I think, a combined three fights. There was all sorts of physical play yeah. in that. Tampa Bay more than held their own. They do have some big, but their blue line is massive. Yeah. Right, and then you got a couple of forwards who aren't huge, but they're six one or so, and they can throw their weight around. They're not shy to play that kind of physical hockey. So, if it demands it, I don't think it's something that they would prefer to do. But if the way the series is going demands it, they're more than capable of matching
0: that and winning. There you have it. No points for originality on the tape to tape pod. Two guys picking Tampa Bay, but as you well know, stay tuned because who knows how this thing could shake out. I will say the last two Stanley Cup champions I've picked on this show
1: at this time of season went out in the first round. Boom. So
0: maybe this is a burn against the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the poor Bolts. All right, coming up, we're going to finish off with a little award sock. We've handed out the Stanley Cup. Time to hand out some individual hardware, some really interesting races. We're going to chat a little bit about that as the votes are being cast here in the next couple days. Stick around. That's coming up next. Looking to stream over 500 NHL games blackout-free? Sportsnet Now is the product for you. Available to anyone over the internet, Sportsnet Now gives you 24-7 access to Sportsnet's channels, including content not available on TV. You can stream on the go or at home on your big screen from the most popular devices, including smartphones and tablets, Apple TV, Xbox, PlayStation, and Chromecast. Sign up for as long as you want and cancel whenever you'd like. You can also stream the NBA, MLB, Premier League, all of your favorite Sportsnet original programming and more. Visit snnow.ca for more details. Welcome back. On the last episode of T2T, we handed the... Heart trophy to Nikita Kucherov. He's going to get it. Uh, we theorize that Brad Marshall might get some uh, runner-up votes or, you know, some second and third yep. place votes, and I, I stand by that. We'll see what happens, but check out that episode of T2T if you want to hear a little bit more about that. I, to me, the most interesting one is the Vesna because I think seven guys have won the trophy so far this year. Yep. Who's ultimately going to get it? I came, with, I came up with Darcy Kemper just because I wow. love what he did for that team down the stretch, and I feel like it's just a combination of where his numbers landed. He played enough games. I think he ended up at 54 maybe when it was all said and done. So you've got guys like Ben Bishop who are fantastic but played, you know, 45-ish games. Same with Robin Leonard. Um, Someone like Carey Price realistically even threw himself into uh, contention, but you know, he probably didn't have enough of a start to finish. But what he has going for him is he played, you know, sixty-five plus games. I just think once you poke a hole in everyone, I landed on Kemper, especially when I brought narrative into it. And you know, he almost brought that team into the playoffs, and he he was just so huge for them. That's wow! I've that's that's one I
1: haven't heard yet. That it's that's Darcy Kemper in there. I mean, I'm going to be boring and choose Andre Vasilevsky because. I mean, obviously he's got the numbers, 9.25 save percentage, uh, led the league in wins, uh, was up there in shutout 6. The league leader was at 9. Um, I think because the the one slight, very, very slight weakness the Lightning have is that they allow um, some decent quality shots in front of their goalie, and Andre Vasilevsky has an excellent high danger save percentage in that regard. So he does save them, he does bail them out. He makes ridiculous saves, it seems, on a nightly basis. He's very, very consistent for them. The argument against him is that they did pretty well, too, when he was out of the lineup and Louis Domingue was in there. But I think, just like Kucherov, you can't hold the fact that his team is good against him. I think his season was was a really solid one.
0: The other really interesting one, I think, is the Jack Adams. But the Islanders went from dead last in goals against... 293 last year, 191 this year, only team that gave up fewer than 200, 102 goal improvement. I, I just, it's not like they went out and traded for 1956 Jacques Plante. I really <laughs> think that's structure and that's Barry Trotz.
1: Yeah. I mean, I did uh, I did a ranking of the Jack Adams uh, candidates on sportsnet.ca last week, and I really wanted to put John Cooper number one. Um, Again, like, the last two times a coach in the NHL had a team that won 60 games, it was both times it was Scotty Bowman, 60 and 62, and both times he won the Jack Adams. So if that precedent continues, this should be John Cooper's. And and the way that he has, you know, you can't just look at it and say, well, his team is good this year because he's really grown up with them. Like two years ago, yeah. they missed the playoffs. He had a couple of these guys on his team when he was their Go- AHL going team way back. coach. Yeah, so it really is, it really would reward him Bringing this team together and getting them yep. to the point that they're at right now. Um, but t- like you just said, like just the amount that the Islanders improved by on defense changed their fortunes immensely and did it without John Tavares and without getting anything back for John Tavares is amazing. It comes down to those two guys for me. You can make a case for Craig Berube and how they came on and improved down the stretch, but you know, Bill at, Peters at for Bill Peters is another good one. Like I had nine guys on this list. Like Rick Tockett of the Absolutely. Arizona guys didn't make it in. Rod Brindamore, Carolina Hurricanes did a fabulous job with them getting them in for the first time in ten years. But it's just the the sixty two win coach and the guy who made who turned around the league's worst defense to the best. It's got to be between those two. It's really hard to choose.
0: I think it's going to go to Trot. So, I, in my mind, two slam dunks here. I mean, Pedersen's winning the Calder. I don't think there's any debate about that. And I actually think Mark Giordano's basically got one hand on the Norris. Yeah, I... I can't see anybody dethroning Giordano. I mean, yeah.
1: Obviously Brent Burns is the big guy right there. Who's going to challenge him, but Giordano obviously easily is the better all around guy. Calgary leans on him a heck of a lot more for their all situations defenseman. He's 35 years old. I mean, if we're, if we've given Drew Doughty, um, you know, when he won his Norris, some people saw that as kind of a reward for the career he'd had to that yeah. point, And he was 27, I think the year that he won it. If, if we're doing that, 35-year-old Mark Giordano is yeah, win it
0: this year. No doubt. Um, Mark Stone win a Selkie for all the wingers out there? I would love to see that. I mean, if a winger is going to win it
1: this year, it better be him and not somebody else. He is pretty clearly the best
0: winger uh, defensively. That's a little bit of a career achievement one as well because yeah. he's been a takeaways monster for so yes. long here.
1: Yeah, and the way he really gave that Vegas team a boost once he landed there too is huge, but... I, I part of me thinks this is probably Ryan O'Reilly's award to lose. the The, the, the center trend continues, sure. right? That that he was from start to finish, really, he didn't have a slowdown in his season. Worthy winner, that's for sure. Yeah, like he really took that team on on his back for a while there and they weren't winning a ton of games, but he was their best two-way player and it seems that he should be rewarded for that. And, you you know, there's a lot of guys. You could talk about Sidney Crosby in this too, but I don't think he plays enough Well, I feel
0: feel like it's got to be, to some degree, there's a push of like, well, we got to recognize how awesome Sid still is. So if he's not winning the heart, we got to get him something. Yeah,
1: he's not going to win... Any of these awards, but he had an amazing season getting to 100 points and and being the go-to guy again on that team when Malkin missed time Kessel went 15 games without scoring a goal and everything like that, but he's not going to get
0: rewarded because there have been these other amazing seasons from other players around the league. All right, we came in on a Panther note with Joel Quenville. I'm going out on one. I think Sasha Barkov wins the Lady Bing Trophy, and I think this is his springboard to the Big Boy Awards in the next couple years. He
1: is going to come on strong in the next couple years. I like that. uh, Your idea of him winning the Lady Bing this year seems pretty close to a slam dunk, I would think, at this point. Him and Jonathan Huberdeau were the highest-scoring NHLers from the trade deadline to the end of the season. Um, Amazing finish for him.
0: All right, Rory, the best time of the year. It is finally here, the first round of the playoffs. So just so you know, Tape to Tape listeners, because of the craziness of the playoffs and how quickly things change, we don't have a hard schedule in terms of always coming out on the same day. We will absolutely have a pod after each round looking forward to the next round and we will jump in at some point here in the first round at a time that makes sense maybe uh three or four games into things to take stock of what's gone on as it starts uh heating up and getting uh into uh the the really juicy parts and and we start uh getting on the verge of some elimination games and all that good stuff so thanks so much for listening all regular season long please stick with us here through the second season. Enjoy the playoffs. It is always a blast. Follow Rory on Twitter, at Rory Boylan, myself, at Dixon on Sports. Check out sportsnet.ca for all your podcast needs and all your playoff coverage. And check back next time, very soon, for more glass rattling hockey action on Tape to Tape.